Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. How you guys doing? Have a good morning? How many of you guys have had allergies this week? Oh, can I just pray for allergies right now? Because I'm dying. <laughs> um, no, but it's just been rough. So Lord, I just, in the same way that you healed Aunt Jenny, in the same way that you're healing that, uh, Richie, is that your name? Richie's back right now. God, I ask that you would heal allergies this morning. God, I ask that you would heal all forms of sickness, all forms of disease, all forms um, of ailment that would come against our bodies. God, I just ask for any congestion in our lungs or in our throats or in our nasal passages that it would be cleared up right now in a moment because you're that good. Do it right now, God. We plead your blood over our bodies right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love, there's so much power in testimonies like that. Because it, for me, I mean, we know God's real, but it's just like when you hear those things and when you see them happen, like I saw Aunt Jenny get blasted on the Thursday night by the Holy Spirit. I was just like, oh, he really is real. <laughs> you know that, you know, you, know you, you just, you get that like supernatural reminder that God is so real and he's actually here and he's actually in our midst. It's so cool. I love that. Um, so I want to talk with you guys a little bit this morning about Psalm 27. If you have your Bibles open up to Psalm 27. Um, it's a pretty well-known psalm. Of all of the psalms, it's probably one of the best known, um, especially in the world that I came from, in the house of prayer. We all know the, the psalm 27, verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I would behold the beauty of the Lord, to dwell in the house of the Lord, to inquire in his temple all the days of my life. We all know that verse. It's a beautiful verse, but it's oftentimes that we forget to put that verse into the context in which it was written. <laughs> David, it's, it's kind of up for grabs in which exact circumstance David actually wrote this psalm. A lot of people think it was after um, he was delivered from the giant Goliath. A lot of people um, think it was when, this is personally what I think, when David was running from the armies of Israel when uh, King Saul was after him because he was jealous. It's kind of the same story, actually. After David killed Goliath, the people loved David, and they said, "David has or Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his ten thousands, and that invoked jealousy in the heart of the king. And Saul had determined at that point, at all costs, no matter what, I will use all of the resources of Israel, the army of Israel. I'm going to kill David because there's no way he's taken over my throne. There's no way. And so." Um, the context in which Psalm 27 was written, that one thing have I desired of the Lord, it was actually written from a place of real trouble and a real anguish in David's heart. Um, let's start at uh, verses 1, 2, and 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up or devour my flesh... My enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. That's verses one, two, and three. I think it's important not to give too much credit to the enemy, <laughs> but I also think it's important to realize that there is a real enemy. There is a real enemy who hates you, who is out to destroy you and to devour you. That's real. 
We don't want to give him credit. We don't want to focus too much on that, but he really is against you. He has real plans and real schemes to destroy you, and he's unrelenting. He will come at you again and again and again, over and over and over again until he gets his way. But by the blood of Jesus, praise Jesus, he's not going to get his way. I believe your enemies can come at you in many different forms. It's not just the devil himself coming at you to assault you. I think many times the enemy uses circumstances or uses your past or just kind of brings in these little lies uh, that you, over time, he just whispers to you over, over and over again and you begin to believe it. I believe the enemy can use broken relationships to destroy you. There's no doubt that if uh, you trust in Jesus, your victory, though, was won before the battle even began. Your victory is won. You have victory over the enemy even before that battle began. But even so, that battle is very real. Amen? I mean, you guys can testify. You've been in a battle before or are in a battle now <laughs> or feel a battle raging coming on. You know, the battle is real. And uh, sometimes you just have to remind yourself in the midst of the battle, you have to remind yourself of the promises that God gave you. I love, Laura Hackett has this song called, uh, You Just Gotta Sing Your Way Into the Truth. Sometimes you just gotta sing your way into the truth. You have to take the word of God, take those prophetic promises over your life and remind, even in the midst of that worst part of the battle, in your darkest hour, remind yourself of the promises that God gave you. Remind yourself what the word of God says about you. David, three times in those three verses, makes the claims. He says, I will not fear. I will not fear. Whom shall I be afraid? Why would I give in to fear? Because he had a promise from heaven. He knew because the prophet Samuel came to him, anointed him, even though it was way earlier in his life. He knew he had a promise from heaven. He would be king. God promised David he would be king. But here he is, running away, hiding in the caves of the, it's this fortress out in the middle of the wilderness in Israel called En Gedi. It's, uh, I've been there actually before. It's beautiful. Uh, but it's got all of these fortresses and caves in which David probably hid to hide, uh, to hide from the armies of Israel and King Saul. Uh, but he had this promise he would be king. But here he was, one man against the entire army of Israel. Can you imagine that? Just try for a second. Put yourself in his position. You're one person, and you have all financial resources and the military of an entire nation with one objective, and that's to kill you, to destroy you. And David, in the midst of that circumstance, says, nope, <laughs> I have a promise from heaven that one day I am going to be king. I am going to rule over this very army that's actually trying to kill me right now. And that's, I mean, if, if that was in modern day right now, if you had the entire army of America coming after you and you said, nope, I'm going to take over. And not only am I going to live, but I'm going to take over and be king. I'm going to be president. <laughs> I'd call you crazy. I would. I would call you crazy. But that was the promise that David had from heaven. 
He had faith to stand in confidence because God promised that over his life. I think it's so important that we need to remind ourselves of the promises that God gave us. And 1 Timothy 1.18 says, um, this charge I commit to you, this is Paul writing to Timothy. He goes, this charge I commit to you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage good warfare. The Lord gives you those I think it's the Lord gives you the promises before the struggle so that in the midst of the struggle, you have hope, right? So in the midst of the struggle, you can actually wage warfare because you know the end of the story. You know what's coming. Even though your circumstances, everything that you're going through in the here and now is warring and raging against you, you have a promise that says, nope, I'm gonna be king. I have a destiny. I have an eternity in front of me of, of the fulfillment of God's promises over my life. And so I think we, we just stand confident even when the enemy comes against us. When the enemy comes in like a flood, we raise up a standard. I love, David makes two different identifications to open up this passage. He identifies his enemy. He says, I, I, I re there really is an army coming after me. There really is a real battle that I'm facing, and I really am running for my life under the natural circumstance. But I, he doesn't give too much attention to his enemy. I love that. He opens up the verse and he says, God, you are my light. You are my salvation. Why would I be afraid? You're the strength of my life. When the wicked came against me to devour my flesh, my enemies, they stumbled, they fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart will not fear. David knew who his God was. And I think that's from just the history that David had, even as a child, when he was watching the sheep on the hillsides of Bethlehem, out underneath the stars with his harp at night. I think David had this unbelievable knowledge and revelation of who God is. I wanna, I wanna know, I can't wait to talk to David one day. And just like, know what he experienced out there by himself. <laughs> I mean, you read through the book of Psalms, he knew a lot. He knew the heart of God. He knew who his, what, I, what his identity was. Yeah, and he was messed up, dude. David was messed up. He had a lot of issues. But he was confident in God's character. He knew the end of the story. He knew all about the second coming. David knew all of this stuff. Like, what kind of encounter did he have? Where, what, like, he really had his refuge in a secret place. When no one else was watching, just him and his harp alone in the hillside watching over the sheep, David had encounter with God. The Lord is my light. He illuminates our darkness. He brings clarity. He gives vision. The Lord is our salvation. Yeah, he's the savior of our soul, but I think the salvation also on a smaller scale, he's a savior in our battles. He's a savior in our circumstances. He's actually your defender fighting for you. He says, the Lord is the strength of my life. I think it's important that we realize that we're really weak. <laughs> You're really weak. I, I'm super weak. I'm super frail. I'm super broken. I've got a lot of messed up things about me. And I don't want to be the bearer of bad news this morning, but you're really weak and you're really broken and you're really frail and you have a lot of messed up things about you. <laughs> it's called sinful nature. But thank God for the promise that it's in our weakness that his strength is made perfect. He's the king of glory. He's the Lord. He's strong and he's mighty in battle. 
Amen? And I love David's response. He identifies his enemy. He identifies his God. And his response to both is not to focus solely on the enemy that God, or that uh, is coming at him, but he places his focus on God. And in verse four through six, I love this. This is the verse I quoted earlier. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. David wasn't scheming at how he was going to fight back. <laughs> when he was hiding in the caves of Engedi, David sat in there and just said, oh God, even though the armies were all around him, he probably heard their footsteps, he probably saw their swords, and they couldn't find him, but the whole time he was just, this is my refuge, God. The cave was not his refuge. The presence of God was his refuge. The cave maybe in the natural was a natural refuge, but he, David had a, a revelation that no matter what came against him, he had a refuge in the secret place. It's called the presence of God. David's prescription for overcoming his enemies is simply to get in the presence and let God fight on his behalf. He wasn't preoccupied with the plan of the, that, of the enemy against him. He had a divine preoccupation and he was preoccupied with the person who was fighting and winning the battle on his behalf. He wasn't obsessed with trying to scheme up some way to counterattack the enemy and overcome in his own strength. It just reminds me of that song, uh, Defender. All I did was praise. All I did was worship. All I did was bow down. All I did was just stay still. It's so simple. We so overcomplicate things, right? <laughs> it's easy to make things a lot harder than they need to be. He's for you. The creator of the universe, I guarantee you, when you look at God compared to the battle against you, the battle is so small compared to God. <laughs> He's the creator of the universe. He made the universe out of nothing. He just spoke it into existence. He hangs the earth on nothing. He spread out the heavens like a curtain. He put the stars in their place. Did you know there's over 100 billion galaxies and in each galaxy there's over 100 billion stars? He put each one of them in their place. This is the God who fights for you. This is the God who's on your side. It's real. So you think of this little attack coming against you <laughs> and then you think of the God of the universe. It really puts things in perspective, right? David had such revelation of that. A couple months ago, we went to, uh, me and Kelly and the boys, we went to the beach. And um, it was at Daytona Beach. It was really awesome. Like, to drive your car out on the beach. It's kind of cool, right? I didn't know that was even possible. And so anyway, we drove our car out into the beach. We spent the whole day, got super sunburned, and really, <laughs> uh, we're in bad shape afterward, honestly. But like, the waves were really big that day. Thank you. The waves were really big that day, and my kids are kind of thrill seekers. 
Um, and so Isaac specifically, I remember he ran out and there was this massive wave coming in and he just was like, it's just standing at the edge, like, just like, <laughs> I should have gotten a picture of it, but I have this mental image of Isaac just standing in front of this massive wave coming, just about to pummel him. And uh, he was standing, it was about ankle deep water, and this wave comes in, and I lost Isaac for about 10 seconds, <laughs> because this wave came in just bam, just nailed him to the ground. And I, we finally dis discovered where he ended up. And, <laughs> and I, he came up out, he emerged out of the water. He, his face was bleeding. He got just like pummeled by the sand. And uh, had to, we took a break for a little bit because, you know, that was traumatic. That was a traumatic experience for my little boy. And so I remember we were kind of laying on the towel about five minutes later. He goes, Daddy. I want to go back. He goes, but this time, I want to go deeper. And I said, buddy, you're not going deeper. <laughs> like, you're not doing that by yourself. He goes, no, 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 daddy. I'll be okay if you carry me. Wow. I want to go deeper, but, but, but I need you to carry me. And I just, I remember feeling that day, just oh, how real that is in the midst of the, the waves coming at us, the, 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 and the waves were unrelenting. <laughs> they came and they came and they came and they came and sometimes they got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, I loved the fearlessness of my son when he was confident in the strength of his father. Now, I got pummeled a few times too. <laughs> but I, took, I held my son and we went out into those deeper waves and he had a blast because we overcame the waves because he had a stronger force helping him. He had his dad. He had his dad helping him through it. And I think it's so important that we realize, yeah, the waves are gonna come at us. The attacks are gonna come at us, but you have a father who fights for you. You have a father who defends you, who's for you, and who's going to carry you in the midst of that. And you might get hurt. You might get bloodied. You might get beaten. You might get battered. <laughs> That's real. But your father's for you. He's not going to let you drown. He's not going to let you die. If we're in Jesus, if we have faith and hope in Jesus, we'll never die. Guess what? We're going to live for billions of years. <laughs> but David's prescription for overcoming the enemy was one. He calls it one thing, but it's a mixture of a ton of different things. I think the one thing encapsulates just the knowledge of God, getting in his presence. He goes, God, I want to dwell with you. I want to be in close proximity to you. I will tell you, you have access to close proximity with God by the blood of Jesus. Right now, you can close your eyes, and by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the power of the blood of Jesus, you can go and walk boldly with confidence before his throne. Right now you can. You have access to it right now. Why are you listening to me? <laughs> Get there. To behold him. To dwell with him, close proximity to him. Number two, to behold him. David wanted to be fascinated with who God is and what he looks like. I love this. To inquire of him. To ask him things. How many of you know God is conversational? And this, oh, I love, I mean, I was thinking about this all morning just as Jenny was telling her testimony and there's no other God who responds. <laughs> Buddha does not respond. Allah does not respond. The gods of Hinduism do not respond. 
We have a God who responds. We have a God who sees and who hears and who cares and who knows and who listens when you actually talk to him and actually doesn't just listen and, and, and stand far off. He's intimately acquainted with all of your ways and he responds to you in the midst of your prayer, in the midst of your darkness, in the midst of your suffering. I am your light in darkness. I will see you through the valley. I will lead you through unto victory. No other God responds. Every, I love that Tim Reimer song. Every other God is an idol who cannot see, cannot hear. You're the one true living God. He's the only one true living God. Every other God is an idol who does not see and does not hear, therefore cannot respond. The prescription to overcoming your enemy is to get in the presence of Jesus. He'll take care of everything else for you. I love that you said, Donnie, about Peter walking out of the boat this morning, because I was thinking about that too. And I love the boldness of Peter. They thought he was a ghost. They thought, who knows what they thought was gonna happen in the midst of that storm that night. They're like, oh my gosh, it's a ghost. He's gonna kill us. What's gonna happen? <laughs> like that was even a normal thing for them to think. That's kind of weird. But like Peter goes, Fine, Jesus, if it's you, call me out to walk on water with you. And Jesus said, okay, Peter. I love that. Okay, Peter, get out here. Get out here. And Peter steps out of that boat and puts his feet on water and actually starts to conquer the waves that were attacking them. And the whole time he's looking at Jesus and he's conquering water. He's defying the laws of gravity. <laughs> and, and, and for some reason or another, you know, the, the wind and the waves were strong. Strong enough to toss the boat around for all night. I mean, I've been to the Sea of Galilee before. It's not that big. It's a, it's, decent size, but it's not like a huge ocean. You could probably get across in an hour or two. But they were being tossed and turned all night by the waves. The storm was pretty big. They see Jesus. He goes, okay, Peter, get out of the boat. Come here. And Peter conquers the waves. He walks on the water with Jesus. And then all of a sudden, Peter begins to shift his focus from Jesus to the very things that he's already conquered. <laughs> And then he begins to sing. When, when Peter begins to focus on the attack or focus on the struggle or focus on the hardship, that's when he begins to sink. He took his eyes off the one who was helping him, the one who was enabling him, the one who was carrying him. And he was already conquering it. <laughs> you have already conquered it by the blood of Jesus. Your victory is already won. But it's so easy to shift our focus from the victory to the here and now. God, this is so hard. I'm going to focus on this right now because I need to figure out how to fix this thing in my own strength. I guarantee you, you fix it in your own strength, you're only going to make it worse. I've been there. <laughs> Tried that. <laughs> Didn't work. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your focus on your helper. Let's go to verse seven through nine, Psalm 27. We're gonna close here if I can get the band come back up. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. 
Have mercy also upon me and answer me. He answers us. I love that. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, for you have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. This is how we know it works. This is how we know the prescription that David set out for us works because it was God's idea in the first place. It wasn't David's bright idea. This was God inspired. He said, it was, David was like, God, you're the one who told me to do this. God said, come and seek my face. David said, okay, Lord, I will seek your face because you told me to. So you're not gonna just leave me here. <laughs> you're, not just, you're not gonna just leave me hanging because this was your idea in the first place. Does that make sense? It's God's invitation. In the midst of your struggle, in the midst of an army attacking you and coming against you and all of the odds are stacked against you, God says, come and seek my face. Come to the secret place. Come to where no one else is watching, no one else is looking and seek my face. And David said, okay, Lord, yeah, that's good. Your face I will seek. So he goes, so don't hide your face from me. I'm here. <laughs> and I don't think God will. He goes, don't hide your face from me. This was your idea. He's not gonna tell you to come after him in your darkest hour and then leave you there with nothing. He gave you the invitation He's the one calling you to that secret place. And he would never ask you to do it and then not show up to meet with you. He would never ask you to do it and then not show up. God shows up. God shows up. He's real and he's for you. And I just think, I just feel this morning that God is setting people, he's gonna set people free from anxiety and fear. I think God is going to set people free from depression and self-hatred and worthlessness. I want you just to think for a minute. What is it? I don't want you to give credit to it, but I want you to identify it. What is it that's coming against you right now? Some of you may be like, I'm good. Well, that's awesome. Pray for other people. <laughs> But what is it that's coming against you right now? Maybe it's, maybe you have a financial struggle that's invoking fear. Maybe you're having marital problems. Maybe you're having other relationship problems. Maybe you have a sickness in your body. Just invite you to close your eyes for a second. I have three questions for you. What are you afraid of? <laughs> what is it that's come against you? What is it that's trying to attack you right now? What are the things in your life right now that are causing fear, anxiety, discomfort, pain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Just identify that. Take, take 30 seconds and just identify that. Okay, question number two, what are you looking at? Are you spending your time looking at the problem or are you looking at the solution? 
Are you giving attention to the enemy or are you beholding the solution? You see, the solution is a person. And he's wise and he's strong. And he's able to keep you from stumbling. Oh, that we would have a heart response like David. To say, God, in the midst of my trouble, one thing have I desired of the Lord. Oh, just to be with you. Question number three, where is your refuge? Where are you putting your trust? Are you putting your trust in your own strength? Are you putting your trust in your own finances? Are you putting your trust in natural circumstances around you? I want to tell you this morning, you were never meant to fight these battles on your own. It's easy to try to tough it out and fight in our own strength to overcome the odds. And we get tired, we get exhausted, we come to the end of ourselves, and quite often we make the problem worse. <laughs> as I was preparing, as I was preparing this for you guys, I just felt the Lord say to me, take advantage of my blood. Take advantage of my blood. Get into his presence no matter the cost. In his presence, you'll find rest. In his presence, you'll find supernatural rest and supernatural comfort. In his presence, you find victory. In his presence, you find joy unspeakable, full of glory. It's crazy that sometimes in the midst of your darkest hour, the Lord says, come to me. And some, I've experienced the joy of the Lord in my in my darkest, most depressing, naturally my most depressing hour. I remember in a, in a dark season in my life, I came into the presence of God. I, I, I didn't do it always. I didn't do it always greatly, <laughs> but I reminded myself, David did it. I can do it. David said, I'm going to go into the presence of God in, my, in, in the midst of the valley and I'm going to find joy there. I'm going to find God there. And I can testify to that. In the midst of my darkest hour, when I did it, <laughs> I found joy there. And it totally disarmed the attack of the enemy. Because all of a sudden, when I realized who was fighting for me, when I realized who was actually on my side defending me in the battle, it totally disarmed the enemy because I didn't give him any credit anymore. Would you stand with me? Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.